Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, San Marcos, Texas. You are listening to Bobcat Radio. My name is Giancarlo Cacho. I'm joined by Justin Brown, and the producer here for the show is Nolan Phillips. But before we get into any of the show, I will give it to Justin for a message from our sponsors. Thank you, John Carlo. <laughs> Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views. Beautiful what a voice. I, that was nice. Thank you. That was solid. I like that. Now, into the show, we are going to discuss... Texas State Baseball playing last night versus UTA. They won 6-1, to one, and they are back in number one in the Sun Belt Conference. Guys, give me your thoughts. What are you, what are you thinking about this, this Texas State team? Well, Zeke Wood was able to come out, pitch 7.2 innings, and he gave up the sole run in that game against UT Arlington. They're not very good, UT Arlington is, but this this is what the Bobcat team needed to do. Finally won a Tuesday game for the first time there you go. in nearly a month. And, you know, they dropped their only series last weekend to Georgia Southern of the year. So it was definitely a bounce back week that they needed to do. Started it off with the 11-4 win against the Baylor Bears. And they've already started the series off on a good note, winning 6-1. to one. So Justin... Are there any bright spots that you saw out of that game? Well, I want to say Dalen Pena, the, the freshman star, he was doing good. He was two for four on the night, um, getting those hits in when it was required. That's what we want from our freshmen. But I would just like to say I love that they responded to adversity in this way. They got two losses at home against Georgia Southern. They respond with a huge win against Baylor, and they're not stopping their momentum here. They're starting Friday off a of UTA hot, baby, with this 6-1 to win. And they're looking to do it more, John Carlo. I, I just, what are your thoughts on Sheffield so far and the players on that team? I mean, Sheffield is number one. You know, he, he he's the go of that team right now. He's number one. He's uh you know leading all in um, the polls and you know shortstops. He's top in the country. Um, but the team overall, like you said, they play with adversity. I was there at that Georgia Southern uh, series. Went to all the games, and I finally got you know I reported for the, for their win. I was like, finally, you know, finally close it out, close it out against these uh, uh against the Georgia Southern um, Eagles. Um, but I, I just I just think the way that they've been playing since those first two losses, the way they, you know, answered to a Power Five co- uh, conference team in Baylor was solid. It was a it was a good win last night. Was a good win, um, and I just I just think the the now that we're getting towards the end of the season, you need to show up to every game, and you know, like they did, they finally showed up, and I know they've been dropping their midweek games and. And we've been talking about how they dig holes for themselves in the beginning. But as you're coming towards the end, start the game off strong. You know, beat it. Beat those bats down their throats. Get the, get, beat them. You got to beat them bad. You got to beat them bad. 6-1 is a good win. You got to beat it. Beat them bads, bro. Yeah, so. pause. Um, <laughs> they were also also they were also assisted with four <laughs> errors by UT Arlington, which helped them score. That scored Sheffield and Wuthrich as well. But yeah, like you said, John Carlo, this team has been able to bounce back, and Justin, as you mentioned, been able to bounce back. And I'm excited to see what Tristan Stivers does mm-hmm. coming back. He did struggle against uh, Georgia Southern. 
Mm-hmm. And especially if he gets his legs back under him, I think this team can just ride with him for the rest of the season. When you're having that good statistics coming in 0.75 ERA before he pitched against Georgia Southern, a hiccup is bound to happen, and it did happen in two straight games. But, you know, if if they're able to continue with that strong bullpen, the sky is the limit. Sky is the limit. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. I mean, that bullpen did take a, a, a bit of a uh, – an alarming amount of usage that whole weekend because of the extra inning game on Friday. And we saw Stivers have some uncharacteristic moments like that one pitch that was thrown to Avant to cause that uh, extra inning fair that you were a part of Friday with Culpa Valio. And, you know, Sunday we saw him in a similar situation where there was an opportunity for Georgia Southern to get a lead and he only allowed one run to occur. Jose Gonzalez next inning cleared it up. Yeah. So I just think Tristan Stivers, he definitely needs to get back into his usual rotation as one of the best relieving pitchers in the entire country right now. And if he gets that done, I think this Bobcat brand of baseball is going to continue to conquer. So that was game one of the three-game series against UT Arlington. You can watch them if you're in Arlington, Texas, that is. You can see them today at 6.30 at Clay Gold Paul Park and Saturday at 2. And the Bobcats will look to win the series and clinch the series, should I say, in Sunbelt action and retake the sole possession of first place in the Sunbelt rankings currently tied with Georgia State. But now we're going to shift over towards Bobcats softball. Yes, we are. And I just want to say I watched that game. That game was good. It was a good performance overall for a team that is in the middle of the pack right now. They're in uh, 5 out of 10 in the Sun Belt. Um, but they, it was good. They're, they looked like they were having fun with it. They looked like they were having fun with it. And um, that's what you want to see out of, out of this team. You know, they're, they're not at the same level of success as the baseball team, but you want to see them have quality wins um you want to see them win the series and i believe they will justin what do you well you know that's just the first we saw the first game yesterday was a three to two win over georgia state that's what the texas state bobcats got done and and that was due to zara vandiford and sierra trahan cat krennic these players been able to get those hits and build the momentum to win these games now you know we had a huge hit from kylie george and that's what ricky woodard was talking about we needed players to get those crucial hits and timely hitting we're not the bobcats have not seen games with six or seven runs they've seen some low scoring affairs but you can still win games and lower low scoring affairs you just make sure that those hits are crucial and timely and that's what we saw there that was the first game of that series and we have the second game today here at two o'clock it's something to see but i want to hear yeah i'm going to be on the call with that one with joey gonzalez it'll be a pleasure but you know nolan what are your thoughts on the softball team so far in this this georgia state series well 22 and 17 overall definitely a step down from what they were last year but they've been able to prove that you know they can win any game essentially they, they have that opportunity to be in any ball game and win it at any point. I feel at least how the team is right now. Jessica Mullins, she's been the absolute workhorse, 140 in, plus innings pitched, and she's just she's doing what she needs to do, just being the number one girl on this team mm-hmm. and being consistent. And if, you know, if the hitting comes back to what it was last season, I definitely think this Bobcat team can rise up the rankings again and be in contention back in the Sun Belt Conference. And I just want to say, watching that game, their bats were hot. Their bats were hot. They were getting a lot of hits and a lot of foul balls, but they were getting a lot of hits. Every, I believe for a good, I think, three three at-bats, it was a, it was a hit, foul ball, um, uh, infield hit, um, and the one home run that I saw. So they're starting... That's what you want to see opening a series. You want to see their bats getting hot, 
starting to get on fire. You know, you, you want to, as a player and as a team, you want to be, as a collective group, solid all the way. You want to be 100% on page with everything. And, you know, you can't let your teammates get, get frustrated. You got to pick them up. And we were seeing that on the Georgia's, uh, Georgia Southern, um, Georgia State side. Sorry, my bad. You're good. Um, they were getting frustrated, and that's what you want to see. You want to cause frustration in the other team, and that's what you want to see today at 2. And um, right before that, yes, sir, no one. Keep going. Oh, sorry. Yeah. But um, before that, it we will go to break. You are listening to KTSW 89.9. And how convenient for us to listen to K KRLD, Chris Summers, Legal Ideas. He joins us here for KTSW's 30th anniversary. He's a um, alumni of KTSW uh, Radio, and he is joining us here for an interview. Chris Summer, can you hear us? I can hear you. Good morning and good, happy anniversary. Good morning. Thank you very much. Happy anniversary to you, too, as you are an alum. And um, I just want to start off with, you know, being um, in the industry so long, what is it that inspired you to get into this industry, to get into sports radio? You know, I got into it uh, in my hometown when I was a high school student, uh, and then I got to what was then SWT in 1985. Mm-hmm. You know, I literally met people who changed my life, including Larry Carlson, uh, Bob Schrader, and just so many great people who I still consider mentors to this day. Because you got to keep in mind, guys, I was a freshman in 85, and it was still KAT radio back then. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was a couple of years old. The only place you could hear us was was on cable, on, on Karnak Cable, on Channel 19 back then. But you know what? Just a world of opportunities opened up, and we had the chance to learn and we set the foundation for something that you guys are still adding to today, and and it's a proud legacy. Yeah, thank you for that, Chris. I I have another question for you. Um, you know, for people that are not aware of what you do, Chris, uh, what are you currently up to right now in this industry of broadcasting and news media? Appreciate it. Uh, I've been in the Dallas-Fort Worth market now for, gosh, more than 30 years. Um, I worked in country radio for a long time, and for the last 10 years, um, I've been a news anchor, reporter, and a host at KRLD and the Texas State Network. Um, So I've had a chance to do a little bit of everything, but you know what? I am always proud to represent Texas State and just talk about all the great opportunities and and all the good things that have happened to me in my career as a result of of being at the university. Yeah, and one of those good things that people may not know is that you are a former Wheel of Fortune champion. <laughs> and maybe maybe kind of putting on a different hat here. How has did that give you any maybe motivation to get into any entertainment industry or kind of just looking back on that did that show you any signs of what it's like to be on camera, on the on air, anything like that? Yeah, and you know that was that was 21 years ago. It was 2001 that I was on Wheel of Fortune, and I have always been so curious about 
what goes on behind the curtain, what goes on behind the scenes. And I got to tell you, it was really cool that day, you know, to meet Pat Sajak, meet Vanna White, be on Wheel of Fortune, but to also go backstage and see all the things that happen behind the scenes. You know, and it's so funny. I've done radio now almost 40 years, and not a week goes by that someone doesn't ask me about that Wheel of Fortune experience. <laughs> I just want I just want to say that is a, a fun experience, but also for our listeners who are out there and for people like us that want to get in this industry, what is one tip that you would give to us, uh, to them, to the listeners, um, about you know going in uh, as, a, as a rookie, as we are here, or I am here? Um, what is one tip, what is one piece of advice that you would want to give to those to those people the the biggest thing i would tell you be willing to work harder than anybody else because when you look at your competition in the industry there are people who are just not going to work as hard as you do get that experience at the college level and you know you guys have a great opportunity like i said you know when i was at the university, you know, in the mid to late 80s, you know, you, I, it's probably hard to grasp this, but we did everything with no computers, no internet, you know, the equipment was prehistoric <laughs> compared to what it was, what it is now. But, you know, it was what we had and we worked hard. And I am proud to say, you know, there are friends that have been friends to me for a lifetime. I think of Chuck McAtinick, who has had such a great career in San Antonio television. I think of my great friend, Mike Kikarulo, who has been with the San Antonio Spurs forever. Those people, we not only were great friends and worked together, we really competed among ourselves, and we made each other better. And we made each other work harder. So that's the biggest thing I can tell you. So Be oh, my bad. ready to work harder than anybody else, and you will find your way in this industry. That's a great point, Chris, because I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in front of three computer monitors, my laptop and my phone, and I'm just blessed <laughs> that I can pull up information literally on the snap of my fingers. But that kind of leads me on to my next question is, introducing technology, did you – did it give you any struggles when you were going throughout your career up to this point? Or did you kind of just mesh with it and just go with the flow of this whole new brand new thing called the internet back in around the 2000s time when it was just blowing up? How did you, how, how was your relationship with technology throughout your career? You know, I guess the transition was pretty seamless. And I guess it was probably in the early nineties, not long after I got to Dallas you know, that we started getting like the Associated Press copy on a computer screen. And I mean, I'm like, you know, this is so much easier. You don't have to rip it off some machine that prints everything out. Gosh, it's right here on a computer screen. And so it really made things easier, you know, and, and it's been so interesting in my career. You know, when I got into radio in the early 80s, you know, we still played records final 45s and albums and things like that. And now, 
you know, this being able to edit digitally is it, it's it's just such a treat. And things have changed so much. So obviously things are a lot easier now. And, you know, it's like I like to tell folks, you guys age. I mean, can you imagine going back 35 years in time, not having your cell phone, not having the Internet, not being able to edit on a computer? You know, just imagine what it was like back in the Stone Age in my day <laughs> when you did an interview and you put it on a reel-to-reel tape. You took a razor blade and a grease pencil, and that's how we edited back then and i know it probably sounds completely foreign and and i sound like the hundred year old man but that's the way we did it i mean definitely with all the the practical effects that were going on back then especially with movies and then obviously transition into radio and all the things that you guys had to do it's just it it definitely set a benchmark of what we look up to and what we try to I guess, grow into, it's a little bit different, obviously, like I said, with the technology, but it's just so fascinating to think that those things did happen and they did exist. And it's, it's so different for us now. And in a little bit of a transition, we do like to do this thing on the new Bobcat radio. Like we like to say, it's called the Bobcat gauntlet, Chris. So we take calls here and and for future shows, it's five, one, two, two, four, five fire for future shows. But we introduce callers and their hot takes. So anything sports for you, Chris, Texas State, Texas sports or national sports, do you have a hot take that, you know, might not, and a lot of people might not know? Well, you know, obviously I've been in North Texas for so long, so I've sort of adopted the Texas Rangers, the Mavericks. I mean, I've been a Cowboy fan my entire life. Uh, number one, the Dallas Mavericks are opening the playoffs tomorrow against Utah. You know, I can't believe this franchise has not won a playoff series in 11 years now. I mean, come on. You've got Dirk Nowitzki in the second half of his prime. You've got Luka Doncic, and I know Luka's hurt. It's like, come on, Mavericks. Can you win a playoff series and give us something interesting you know, and don't even get me started on the Rangers. You know, they oh. made the World Series a couple of times. But it sure would be nice to see a World Series championship come to Arlington. The Astros got theirs five years ago. Now I feel like it's our turn in Dallas for And they definitely backed up the Brinks truck in the offseason, bringing in Corey Seager and also the second baseman, Marcus Simeon. And I, I just love baseball. So if if you guys want to ask a question, go for it. I, yeah, no, I just wanted to transition back, and I just wanted to ask, Chris, you know, um, you're, you've been in this industry for quite a while now, mo- news media, broadcasting, et cetera. And I just wondered, from your sta- your point of view, what is the impact of student radios like KTSW for this industry? What does it mean as a broadcaster to know that there are young generations getting to practice and get into this field through universities like Texas State and others across the country? Well, I think it has pumped new life into what I guess you really wouldn't call the radio medium anymore, but just, I guess, the audio medium, just because you guys know, I mean, podcasting now is almost as big as radio is. And it it is so encouraging to me when I see guys like you and young college students, young people who have an interest in getting into the audio medium 
You know, because, hey, I'm 55 years old. I can't do this forever. But I want to see the legacy continue, whether it's radio, terrestrial radio, podcasting, in whatever form this thing is going to, to continue to grow as. It's just so good to see young people who are interested in the audio medium. You know, and God bless you. My hat's off to you. You're the next generation. You're the ones to take the baton. And without great stations like KTSW, you know, that interest is not sparked. So, again, and I can remember 30 years ago, you know, when I heard that, you know, after we were on cable access, like I said earlier, to hear that Texas State had an actual over-the-air radio station, it was one of the most proud moments of my career, and and I'm so glad it's thriving 30 years later. And that is that's true. I'm, and I want to say thank you uh, again for you know giving us those inspirational words. But I do want to get back into the Bobcat Gauntlet. I do, <laughs> I do, I do want to ask you because I'm born and raised San Antonio, San Antonio Spurs. I want to get your take. I want to get uh, you know pick your brain a little bit. What do you think the Spurs need to do? going into next season. I know you say you're a Mavs fan, but I just I, I need to get some insight from you. Dan, I grew up as a Rockets fan. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Texas. So, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, my big my biggest question and it's, you know, it's frustrating for me because I I did root for the Spurs when I was growing up, you know, and after 5 NBA championships, it's it's just kind of frustrating. You know, to see the Spurs go in as the 9 or 10 seed and they go into this play-in game and they get knocked out right away. And I know it's got to be frustrating for Greg Popovich. And I know this question comes up this time of year, every year. You know, I just wonder, is is Pop going to come back for another year? I mean, after 25 years, is it time for new blood on the bench for the Spurs and it just makes me appreciate how special it is when you have a Tony Parker, mm-hmm. when you have a Tim Duncan, when you have a Manu Ginobili. You know, it just goes to show how special that era was for the Spurs. And going back to David Robinson as well, yeah. you know, you just want to see the Spurs find more of those special players so they can contend for an NBA championship game because I think it's not only good for the city of San Antonio. Not only is it good for South Texas, I think it's good for all of Texas and for pro basketball as a whole. And it just makes you wonder, you know, because Greg Popovich is such a renaissance guy who's interested in so many things. You know, you just wonder if it's time for somebody new to start building a new era for the Spurs. And one more question for you, Chris. You know, I just wanted to pick your brain because you've been around this for sports for a long time. I wanted to know what are your thoughts on the NBA's implementation of the play-in tournament for the previous season that we've seen, um, and what are your thoughts on its impact on the league? I think it is a good thing overall for the NBA. I mean, especially look at this year when you've got this Brooklyn team 
that was one of the favorites, if not the favorite, to win the NBA championship at the beginning of the year. They've got injuries. You know, you got Kyrie Irving can't play in home games. They struggled the whole season despite having Kevin Durant. Um, but they get in thanks to the whole play-in tournament. And now that is a very scary team in the Eastern Conference. So I think when you have greater interest in more cities at the end of the regular season, I think that's nothing but a good thing. You know, I, I think some people still look at it as a gimmick. Um, but if you can get more cities in and more fans have a rooting interest come the postseason, I think that's nothing but a good thing for the NBA. Yeah, I definitely feel like we could talk about the whole net situation, including Ben Simmons, about what's going to happen. But we want to give a special thank you to Chris Summer for calling in on this Friday morning. And Chris, please tell the listeners how they can keep up to date with you, keep track of you, your Twitter handle, whatever you want to plug right now. You can always follow me on Twitter. It's Chris Summer, T-X, that's C-H-R-I-S-S-O-M-M-E-R-T-X. I'd love to have a follow and follow you back. And otherwise, I'm heard all across the state on the Texas State Network. Congratulations. Happy anniversary to KTSW. And I enjoyed this so much, guys. Y'all have a great holiday weekend. Thank you, Chris. You. you as well. Have a happy Easter. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Chris. That was awesome. That was awesome. Like a former KTSW alum, Texas State alum, just fully implemented in sports. Wheel of Fortune winner. Wheel of Fortune winner. I mean, we could have talked 30 minutes about just Wheel of Fortune and the ins and outs of how to win that. I mean, being a KTSW member does have its benefits look at that you could either you could become a wheel of fortune winner or you know a world you know a state-renowned reporter like chris summer i mean what a great thing this ktsw is right and and justin that was a great transition because we can talk a little bit about the nba plan tournament before we wrap up the show and the cleveland cavaliers will be taking on the atlanta hawks and then in the west yeah that's correct it's cleveland cavaliers yes okay good. i thought i heard something (laughs) (laughs) and then in the west it is the clippers and the pelicans yes so definitely two interesting series and you have to think the clippers are definitely a sleeper team with paul george returning a little bit inflated in their loss column just because of that fact but I don't know. I'm just excited. What are your guys' thoughts? Well, right here, Clippers and Pelicans series. This is what I got to say. The the Pelicans have nothing to lose. Right now, they're running off of energy and momentum. you got C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram. You have um, Jose Alvarado, really great players that are willing to play their hardest basketball. Now, Paul George and the Clippers, they have a lot to lose here. They have a reputation of being somewhat of an impact in the playoffs. Paul George has that playoff P, and we're expecting pandemic to see that. Pandemic. So, oh, pandemic, pandemic P, P could be a thing as well. So he needs to <laughs> really worry about his performance and put on his best Clippers uniform and play if he wants to try and win that. Now, on the other side, we're going East Coast. Here's my thoughts on the East Coast. I'm going to say Hawks and Cavs. Cavs, baby. They're young. They're fresh. They're good. And I want to see them tell the Hawks, hey, maybe next year. But I know Trey Young has experience on being ice cold and being able to tell your team goodbye like he did to the Knicks multiple times this season. So, John, what are your thoughts on this plan? Uh, Well, the Hawks have the experience. I got to go with the Hawks um, over the Cavs. The Cavs are a nice young team, but they haven't gone through any adversity in playoffs, anything like that. You know, they're, they're new to this, and I got to go Ice Trey. I got to go Ice Trey tonight. He's, he's going to, I believe he's going to put up, um, I'll say a 30-piece, 30 30-piece 30 on the Cavs. Um, and then when it comes to the Pelicans Clippers, I mean, they, you know, they whooped my, my spurs, and it made me sad. But 
they are solid. CJ McCollum, uh, Brandon Ingram, they have good defensive players. And then, you know, you never know Chris with the, the Paul George. Um, you know, you might get playoff P, you might get pandemic P. So I'm not going to bet against, uh, I'm not going to bet on the Clippers. I think the Pelicans come out with that and they, they'll get their uh, playoff spot for sure. Little shades of Bobcat gauntlet here. I think both Trey Young and Paul George dropped 40 in the Clippers oh. and the Hawks win. Those are my two takes. But oh, that is a hot take. Little hot. Little, L- little, a little icy. A ice tray. Little ice tray. And it's not very icy out, is it, John Carlo? No, no, it's actually cloudy outside with a current uh, temperature of 68 degrees. And this weekend is going to be a hot, hot. 92 is a high for Saturday. 90 is a high for Sunday. And then we're looking at lows of 68. And it's going to be... Um, it's gonna be a hot weekend for uh, all y'all celebrating Easter, Ramadan, whatever y'all celebrating. Have a, you know, nice weekend. A but very hot holiday weekend. You'd a say. very hot holiday weekend. <laughs> Have a hot holiday weekend to all our listeners out there. But um, this has been another edition of Bobcat Radio. You, I was joined by Justin Brown, Nolan Phillips. My name is Giancarlo Cacho. And Chris Summer. And, and Chris Summer. We we're joined by the wonderful and legendary Chris Summer. But we want to get you back to the other side of radio. Thank you for listening to KTSW eighty nine. Nine.